0: hello and welcome back to episode five of being fed up today i want to talk about something very important taking control of your mind or more simply put mind over matter mind over matter is a very colloquial phrase that i first heard During sports, I think it was very frequently said by football coaches as I was growing up. It's often used as a way to motivate you or get you or increase your drive to be able to push through some kind of fatigue or exhaustion or a little bit of physical pain or discomfort. And from what I've experienced, there is some truth to this phrase. I think your mind really does have a surprising amount of control over your matter. By just telling yourself you're not tired or distracting yourself, your body can really accomplish some incredible things. And I think it can go, this idea can be extended. It can go further than simply using it to be able to hold a plank for 20 seconds longer or a similar thing. And I want to talk about a couple of the places that I think it can be extended to. I think it can help tremendously with pain tolerance what i often think of as an example for this is the people who can suffer extraordinary things and they do it while still seeming in control and this relates a little bit to psychology i think Uh, what i'm going to talk about is called gate control theory and it's one of the uh, prevailing theories as far as i know about how pain functions and works in the human body because there's not too much exact science on it what gate control theory essentially says to the best of my memory is that there are interneurons at i believe it's the base of the skull and those essentially choose which signals to allow through and so when you feel some kind of pain it lets these signals through and it lets your body know to respond to these but for example if you've ever hit if you've ever stubbed your toe and then immediately i don't know hit your shin on say a chair or a counter you notice how you quit thinking about your toe and this is kind of supported by gate control theory it's essentially your brain chooses to not let this alternative pain or this other stimulus through. And so I think a big part of this is attention-based, which is why if you can learn to control your mind and keep your attention elsewhere, you can feel or notice far less pain. And I said feel or notice. I would like to amend that to notice because I think even if you are not actually... Feeling any sense of discomfort, your nerves and your the part of your body which is experiencing the pain, and I did little finger air quotes with that. It's still experiencing that dis that sensation. It's just not actually making its way to your brain to be processed, which I think is a, a very important distinction to make. And the other thing I want to talk about, or another aspect of where i can think it can be extended to is i was thinking of the buddhist monks who will meditate and they will meditate with absolutely nothing in their brain sometimes and they learn incredible mental control and this control this control is a very important part of this i think is this mind over matter but In this meditative state by simply just sitting there and doing nothing they can go into trances they can go into these these this state where they are actually disconnected from reality and it obviously takes practice it's not a thing you can just do immediately but it's if it shows that if you can control your mind you can almost disconnect yourself from reality which i think has a lot of potential uses obviously you can look at it for as a way of buffeting physical stimulus but there's so much more than just that than just taking care of like pain or hunger or something it allows you to accomplish just extraordinary physical feats when you have that level of control over your mind and you have the dissociative power then the last extension I want to talk about is the relation between is extending it to your mental state and extending to your mental state I think is something that can be very useful as far as mood goes so let's look at something for example sad seasonal affective disorder it's something which causes which affects millions of people, at least in the US alone, and it can make you feel sad or depressed in the winter or fall months because it's darker, there's less sunlight, it's cold, and this often can lead or make other issues worse. And now, I don't want to detract from the severity of depression. That's a very important thing for me to mention. So, do not misconstrue my words here. Depression is very much a real thing. But, what if you can control your mind, and if you are able to have such such control over it that you can potentially redirect your mood, for example. If you try to look at the bright side of situations and you do this frequently even when you have a depressive period in your life it can change your outlook and obviously it's not a cure-all simply doing this will not make your depression stop it will not make it go away but it's a good step in the right direction to preventing it from getting worse or spiraling out of control. And an important note in me saying this is that I am unaware of if there is scientific research to back this up. This is pure conjecture and from my own experiences. Remember, the whole premise of this episode is that we can extend this idea of mind over matter we can accomplish more than we think we can our bodies are very much limited but when we feel that we are experiencing their limitations we are often not and an example i will use is exercising say you're doing push-ups You may feel your arms start to get sore and that's from lactic acid building up in your muscles, but the buildup of lactic acid itself does not mean that you are unable to do more. The human body is incredibly durable and can survive an amazing amount of things, it is genuinely a miraculous thing. But. Okay, now that that noise is gone, I want to get back to what I'm saying. The human body is incredibly durable, and it can accomplish amazing things. And when you learn to control your mind and use it to overcome your bodily limitations and even some other mental limitations, you can really do amazing things. I mean, look at the people who, for example, they bike across an entire country, or they run across an entire country, or... People who get stranded in the middle of the ocean. These people, they survive these horrendously stressful situations and their bodies are worn and battered down. But they can still learn to come back. I mean, look at people who lose limbs and then get them reattached and they learn to function normally. The human body is incredibly adaptable. And this brings me to my next important point of this argument. Now that I've talked about what I think it can be extended to, I want to talk about some places where we actually see this mind over matter philosophy. And one notable instance, the placebo effect. Now, for those of you who don't know, the placebo effect is essentially a principle of mind over matter. It is commonly demonstrated through scientific studies or medical studies where somebody thinks they're taking a pill that accomplishes X. And in reality, they are given a sugar pill or something similar. Now, there's data, there's strong data and evidence to support the existence of the placebo effect. And it is undoubtedly a real thing. And this demonstrates this mind over matter principle. Uh, I think uh, some good examples are when a new drug is being tested, let's say a new pain drug, you may experience some kind of thing that will induce a slight amount of pain. And In a scientific study there will typically be an experimental group and a control group now There may be multiple, but that's the general principle So the experimental group they will be given the actual pain drug the control group will be given The sugar pill then they will both take it. They will both undergo the same stimulus the thing the same experience that will cause pain Then, they will be interviewed and asked to rate their experiences. Or, for certain cases, they will use devices which measure some kind of mental output or some kind of brainwave. And then, they will compare them. And, the placebo has been shown. It can be incredibly effective. There are some people who have had even surgery for example wisdom teeth surgery only under sugar pills and they oftentimes will believe that they were given a normal pill they were given some kind of pain medication and it will work this supports my theory that we can extend the powers of mind over matter now that I've talked about how we can extend or sorry, rather, what we can extend it to and some of the potential uses and some of the evidence to support my theory, I want to talk about how we actually go about extending it. The most important thing in extending it in most of the cases, as far as I'm aware, seems to be a combination of attention and concentration, which themselves are very intertwined issues. So let's think of an example. Let's say you hear and you do not like an incredibly loud noise. Now, maybe you've never noticed this happen, but when there is a loud noise that goes on for an extended period of time, your brain will tune it out. And this, I believe, as far as I know, so do not quote me on this, but as far as I understand, this happens because we receive this constant stimulus or this constant input to our body and when we receive this constant input our body begins to think this is normal it should be experiencing this and as a result it tunes its sensitivity if you will to where this is within the acceptable threshold for normal input And so, we will then only notice differences in that input. However, we can also observe new stimulus. Now, this actually does have some scientific basis in psychology. We only perceive things. We only perceive the differences in things based on relative strengths so it's very hard difficult to judge things on an absolute scale but it's very easy to judge the relative differences and i believe this is particularly pertaining to sound as i was talking about we will only notice differences when they are within some percentage tolerance of the original noise threshold so say you hear something that is 100 decibels i believe we will only hear something if it is within say, we will only hear changes if they're within say, I don't know, five decibels. And I realize def- decibels are a logarithmic scale. So five decibels may not be 5% of the original sound, but I'm working from memory a lot here. So you're gonna have to give me a little bit of tolerance in that. But so, as I was saying, we tune the stimuli out. And as you've noticed, there may be, there are a lot of cars in the background, or maybe you haven't noticed it, maybe you tuned it out, but I live on a major street, and so a lot, there's a lot of traffic on it. I'm going to edit out most of them, and I realize this is a abrupt little interruption to this topic, but it's, it's kind of a PSA that I will be editing it out so it shouldn't be as bad but also if you have noticed it eventually you will stop noticing it which emphasizes my point about our brains tuning these things out now the ma- this relates to mind over matter and that this can apply to other forms of stimuli i already talked about pain if you feel a constant Sensation in your body, for example, swimming. When you first get in the water, you may notice it feels cold or warm or whatever, or just the wet feeling of it around your skin. But after you've been in the water for a significant amount of time, you will no longer kind of be consciously aware that you are still wet. Obviously, you can notice it, for example, if you frequently go underwater and come back out, your head. Will experience a much higher degree of this change because it will dry when it's out of the water and it will get wet again and you can feel it like dripping down your face or whatever but think about something which is in the water the entire time such as your feet you will not be kind of aware that your feet are in the water now that may sound a little stupid and counterintuitive because obviously you know you're in the water but it's not like you're constantly Processing that you're actually in the water, it just becomes a fact after a while. And I mean it's very much the same way on land. You can feel the air much more when water dries, but then after a while, it becomes kind of more negligible. Um, another solid example is there's smells but i was going to say temperature look at how your bodies adjust to seasonal temperature when it's the summer and it's 90 degrees outside if it dips to 70 you may feel cold and put a sweatshirt on but if it's the middle of winter and you have a 55 degree day you'll be able to go outside in just maybe a t-shirt and shorts whereas in the summer you could feel very cold it's because our bodies adjust and so if they adjust then if they adjust and they adapt to this constant stimulus then why can we not train them in this mind over matter sense to be able to adapt quicker and to be adaptable with a higher degree of control over yourself And again, it is important to stress the limitations of this. If you've never worked out a day in your life and you're say 37, I just pulled that number at random and you try to work out through mind over matter. You most likely won't be able to push yourself to be able to run a full marathon, but you may be able to push yourself to do. Uh, to run a mile and a half instead of just a mile despite the fact that you feel utterly exhausted And then obviously as your body gets more adapt At the task you are undergoing Your threshold and even your control over your own body will expand and change over time and This is why it's such a powerful skill there's an incredible amount of things that can happen in life that can be unlucky and incredibly disadvantageous to you and make you feel absolutely miserable. And so if you learn this mind over matter ability, if you practice this and if you really hone it and you develop acute mental control, your life will be better. You will have a higher degree of control over it. And this is a common theme that I've stressed over numerous podcasts. It's taking control over your own life. This isn't a self-help podcast, but I've been through my fair share of dark times, and this is why I wanna talk. I feel like there's a lot of things I've overcome in my life. And so if I can talk about these and provide any possible helpful tips to anybody else out there, If even one other person benefits from this podcast, then it hasn't been a waste of my time. Honestly, even if nobody does benefit from it, even if nobody listens to it, it's still something that's fun and has the potential to help. So I will keep doing it. And this goes back to what I was talking about last week with persistence and determination. Just because you don't notice results after doing something, even... For example, four or five times like this podcast, I'm not going to stop doing it. Now, part of it is because I do enjoy doing it, but I honestly believe at some point it may help other people. And so in my mind, it has been worth it if it helps anybody else, or even if anybody has any thoughts invoked by my podcast, then it got them to think that is its mission accomplished. And now that I've tied this back together a little bit, I'm going to wrap up my discussion here. And I'm not going to sign any homework this week. I'm just going to, but I would ask you to just think about what I've said. And next time you feel something maybe a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit of pain or just any kind of sensation of discomfort or annoyance, just try to... Turn your mind to something else. Focus your concentration elsewhere and attempt to tune it out. Exert this mindfulness, this presence over your own body and use it for your own advantage. Thank you and my name's Ben Alex and thank you for listening to this podcast. Goodbye.